Oh man, that's good. Steven, a little classic rock. This man's kind of from that era. You will appreciate that. Steve Miller Band. It is uh, the Matt Mosley Show with Steven Simcox. We return today, and I just thought it was appropriate to have, man, one of my great friends of all time in the, um, well, the coaching business, but also just as a sports writer. This man has always been a little leery of sports writers for good reason. Sometimes some of us can be, well, who knows. But uh, David Lee, former Cowboys quarterbacks coach, former Arkansas offensive coordinator, and a man who once coached Baylor's new offensive coordinator, uh, Jeff Grimes, it is David Lee coming to us from somewhere in Florida, I would imagine near Miami. David, welcome to the Matt Mosley Show. Matthew, it's so good to hear your voice. Brings back a lot of memories, especially those about me not liking sports writers. But no, you were one of the few I really did like and trusted. Most of them already had their headlines and stories written before they interviewed you. But you, you were always really, really honest and uh, fair, and I always appreciate that. And as well, we're good friends today. Yeah, except for that one time, David. We won't get into that here when you you confuse me. That's where you really learn to trust me. Is the time. <laughs> You confused me for the team doctor, and, and <laughs> that's when you really do. I can trust mostly. <laughs> you know, it was my first training camp. We were in Oxnard, and I walked in there to get something to eat after one of the practices, and I thought that, that you know, the cafeteria was off limits to sports riders. I didn't think anybody could be there but, you know, managers, trainers, doctors, and players, and there were you and your sidekick. Gosh, uh, what's his name? Cliff. Archer. Yeah, Archer, who's big cowboy writer now. And I just figured you guys were a couple of doctors and I'd sit down and join you. <laughs> that happened just as honestly as it could in my first training camp. <laughs> and Archer and I, we might have gotten some pretty good information, but we never really we never shared that with anybody because we liked yeah. you so much. Uh David That's Lee now why a, we became friends. <laughs> a senior consultant and uh, really specifically in charge for that uh, uh, college personnel out there for the uh, Dolphins, and uh, that's been a really cool relationship. David's been a lot of different places, Ole Miss, Arkansas. Now, David, take us back, though, this new hire that Baylor has made. They turned to BYU for the offense coordinator. I think it's a pretty good place to turn. BYU was putting up record numbers this year, and, of course, they had a really good quarterback in that Zach Wilson, he'll be in this draft. We won't ask you to talk about him, but Coach Grimes, take us back, if you would, first time you met him, um, and then what his what you know what what was he like as a player? What were your first uh, impressions of him uh, all those years ago when you were the coach at uh, UTEP? Well, you know, right when I got the job, that was way back, nineteen eighty nine. First thing I did was I brought in all the players and I interviewed them and you know I want to know about their background. I want to know if the father in the homes or not a father in the home. I want to know how many official visits they took. And Jeff is one of those guys that he just immediately, you know, jumped out at me as hey, this guy's got personality. This guy's a communicator. He's got a great smile. Uh not only is he six six and handsome and strong looking, but but you know, this guy would ask you know, eighteen very rarely will when you bring in an interview as a new head coach is the player going to turn and now start asking the, you know, the, the head coach questions. But this guy should have known something was up then. You know, he had some questions for me, 
you know, and, and I can remember that. I pointed him out, you know, wrote it down. I can remember him well, and I should have known then that he'd be a coach one day because he was always such an upbeat guy, a communicator deluxe. They're going to love him at Baylor. I mean, the players going to love him. The media's going to love him. media love him. Uh, I was watching one of his interviews at BYU, uh, I guess, a year ago. Golly, he, he just – Man, he just answered all the questions in my mind about how good is he because I loved him as a player, but I never got to do anything but watch his career from afar. I never worked with him on a staff, and golly, his resume, he's loaded. Baylor's really fortunate to get him, and I know he's a Garland, Texas boy, so he's fired up to be back in the great state of Texas. What is it like talking to uh, David Lee, former Cowboys quarterbacks coach, been an offensive coordinator at college football, but I, I just with a with someone like that, who had a, and you've called plays, um, who went from being a really fine offensive line coach to then being a play caller, offensive coordinator at BYU. How difficult, David, is a transition like that? And what is that, what is the, what is the most important thing for guys to, to become really uh, top-notch play callers? Well, you know, in, in Jeff's situation, he, he was always such a communicator and was always so inquisitive even as you, I can see him in the huddle right now as we're talking, you know, looking at me and smiling and, you know, he just, I should have known the guy was going to be a coach. He, he, he always, he's the only one that would ask the questions and they were always good questions. They were always tough questions. And so it doesn't surprise me that he has, you know, uh, dreamt and thought outside the box, so to speak, because most line coaches just, Hey, just give me my five guys, give me my room and leave me alone. Jeff's one of those that, uh, you know, I, I can see why he has grown and become a line coach who is, not only a, a you know a great line coach, but he can motivate men. You got to motivate them every day. You got to get on their butts. You got to motivate. You got to know where they are and stand in front of them, and deliver the right message time after time after time. When you're dead tired, got four hours sleep the night before, but it doesn't matter. You got to go on stage for them and motivate the whole group. Plus, you got to be a play caller. And how many guys can we sit here and talk about that right now? As you ask that question, Matt, Andy Reid's the only guy that comes to my mind. You know, Andy Reid at UTEP was on the staff before I got there. Dirk Cutter was the offensive coordinator. Jeff was getting coached by good people, you know, uh, his first three years of college. I had him as a senior in 1989. But the guy, you know, he had a guy and played for a guy in Andy Reid who was nothing but a line coach everywhere, BYU, Missouri, uh, you know, there at UTEP, me and Andy Reid I'm talking about. And here comes Jeff. I can't name another guy who calls plays in the National Football League and has and won – you know, as many playoff games and won as many games, period. You know, he's in the top, I guess, five or six in the history of football right now is Andy Reid. And I can see Jeff Grimes following his his play calling, thinking outside the box. He wants to know how to attack cover four, how to attack two and three, you know, in quarter, quarter has, and our, what's wrong with our two-minute. And the quarterback's getting too deep in the pocket, and the ends are getting ready to get him. He's got to stay. He's too, you know, he, he's going to be really, really great in this role for Baylor, I think. Well, talking to uh, David Lee, former Cowboys quarterbacks coach and uh, just an all-around great guy, now a senior consultant with the Miami Dolphins. David, can you – you're really good at, at, at taking big concepts and breaking it down. Think about the Lavelle Edwards. I remember all these guys, even the air raid type guys, they went to try to learn at the feet of Lavelle Edwards. And at some point, BYU, all those years ago, he said, you know what? We're going to have to throw the ball to have success. What There's a lot of guys that sort of have come from that tree and around that. You know a lot of those people. 
what what does BYU do? And obviously, it helps to have a great quarterback like they did this past season. But kind of walk us through what Baylor fans can expect from a guy like Jeff Grimes with the knowledge you have of kind of what BYU and schools like that have done over the years. Well, you know, BYU, that's really interesting because in 1983, I was hired at the University of New Mexico. I was dying to be an offensive coordinator. I couldn't wait to run my own offense and call my own plays, and uh, Joe Lee Dunn hired me. Um, I went out there, and we played BYU, and it was Steve Young. And they had an All-American tight end. I can't remember his name, but I felt so good. We put up 360 yards, got 21 points. Well, they scored 66 and Young threw for 400 and rushed for about another 85. And, you know, it reminds me of here, you know, then here comes this McMahon, and he's kind of that. Then Jeff just had Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, he, the guy he reminds me of is Jim McMahon, just kind of swagger and, you know, and flair and all these things, you know. And, and, and Jeff now has been exposed to that, and he's had one of those guys. So you can look for Vader to be looking to recruit that kind of player in the future that – makes Jeff comfortable that can basically do things you can't coach, that he can extend plays and throw the football off balance with different angles and on a dead run to the left, you know. And, and uh, there's a lot of really good first-round quarterbacks in this draft, but this guy that, that Jeff coached, he's one of them. And, and, and I think Jeff is thinking and looking that way when they start evaluating and talking about what are we looking for in a quarterback. You know, and, and, and Jeff's got a, a vision in his mind. The guy just won him 10 games that probably what he's going to look for. Man, they're all over Texas. That's a great thing. He can he can find them, and Baylor's done a heck of a job recruiting them. You look at the last 10 years from RG3 on, and, I mean, they're, they're, they're there, and they've been evaluating, right? It's one thing. So, oh, he's a great recruiter. He's re- hey, who's a great evaluator? That's what it's all about in college football. you got to evaluate properly. Yeah, and that's why I've always thought, and boy, you're a coach's coach. You love being on that field, but boy, that these evaluator, uh, you know, Alabama's now got about 37 guys on staff, and and they seem to do a better job than just about anybody at what you're talking about, evaluating talent. Now, it helps to be hitting on all these five-star guys. I get it, but uh, but but part of that is putting in the time, and then you know, that was what was interesting about Matt Rule. He would go find some people that fit, you know, hit what he thought. You know, it wasn't just what, who was the three-star or four-star. It was kind of like, okay, this guy fits my. Bryles used to be like that a little bit. We'll see kind of how Aranda is. But, um, I, I, you know, David, what did you think about – what does that make you think of a coach when a, a guy like Aranda, first year, COVID, you know, you could give a lot of excuses for what happened. The offense was poor, and I know you didn't pay a lot of attention to it, but what I'm talking about is do you give a guy like Aranda some credit for immediately making a decision? That's tough for a first-time ever head coach to then fire his his offensive coordinator and staff after one season, especially during a COVID season. What do you kind of from afar, how would you kind of assess that? Well, you know, I, I certainly can't, you know, I've been fired before, won championships, got bowl rings. You know, I was at UTEP. We, we, uh, they fired me in the middle of the season. We were 0-5 or 6. I can't even remember. It's awful. But you still got to trust your instincts. And as a coach, you know who can coach and you know who you can't. And you know who the player is going to play for and you know who can't. Matt, I had to fire my defensive coordinator. Didn't fire the entire staff my very first year 
of coaching. And I'll never forget an athletic director that I really liked along the way at Ole Miss. I got a Warner Alford. When I got that job, he said, David, I just want to tell you one thing. I said, what's that, Coach Alford? He said, you're going to have to fire somebody that you didn't think you'd ever fire. You're going to have to fire. I'm just telling you, that's part of your deal. And it happened the first year, you know, that I was coaching out there. So what Coach went through, he trusted his instincts right there at Baylor and said, hey, this is what I got to do to go forward. This is what I got to do to get Baylor football back on top. And this is what I'm going to do. And I respect him for it. At the same time, I hurt for those families because I've been there. I've had to let guys go, and then I've been let go. So it's not fun. But you know what? It's part of the profession. And if you're in it for the wins and losses and that's it, Matt, I don't think you're going to be ever satisfied or content, you know, with your with your own heart as a coach. I think you've got to be in coaching because it's a calling. And, and it's a calling to serve young people and help young people grow, young people that don't have fathers, that don't have – you know, a, a male influence in, in their, they're all over their, our country right now. We know it. It doesn't matter. I'm not talking about colors or anything else of races or anything. It's just, it's a fact of life. Divorces are happening, you know. And so that coach is that glue that steps in that kid's life and can be a difference maker. And Matt, that's why I always coached. And that's why I look at a guy like Jeff Grimes. I know what he's made of. I know what kind of man of faith he is. And I know what Baylor's got in him. And man, he's going to fit and they're going to love him. Those players are going to love him. Because he's going to have time for them. He's going to care about their best interest. That's what I know about Jeff. It's not going to be about let's go undefeated right now and then hell-bent for leather. And Hey, this one's hurting. That one's down. You know, this one just lost his mother. They're going to be in his office. He's going to be right there with them. He'll be at a funeral. It's away from Waco because he means something to that kid. And that's what they're getting. And that, to me, that's what coaching's about. And that's why Jeff Grimes is such a great hire for Baylor University. Talking to David Lee, one of the foremost experts on quarterbacks uh, in the country, came up under uh, Bill Parcells, coach for Bill with the Cowboys, and that's when I met him. And, uh, boy, Jets, uh, uh, Cleveland, uh, boy, your Bills. Uh, I think you went through there. I'm trying to keep up with all you guys. You all had some interesting stops along the way. The Bills are really, really good now. There's a quarterback who's – you know, we didn't know exactly what to think of, and that guy's gotten really, really good. David Lee joining the Matt Mosley Show. Go ahead, Stephen. Coach, when you start evaluating these quarterbacks, what are the qualities you look for when you first turn on the film? Like, what are some of the things that you want to see jump out immediately when, when you start evaluating a QB at whatever level it is? Well, Stephen, that, that's a really good question. And, and I think it starts, and I know it starts, and, of course, this is from straight from Coach Bill Parcells and Dan Henning. Uh, and the number one thing is accuracy, Stephen. If he can't hit what he's aiming at, there these other five things I'm going to give you don't really matter. But to me, accuracy, because of Coach Parcells' influence, Dan Henning, and then boom, all of a sudden I'm in the league and I'm coaching these guys, man, they got to be accurate. And, and accuracy is a whole bunch in your brain. Everybody can't play this quarterback position. It is the very hardest thing in all of sports. It isn't like soccer. We're going to chase a soccer ball and try to kick it through. It's not hockey. You know, basketball would stick through the hoops and play. Quarterback is, is enormous. I mean, I just got the crud knocked out. I mean, I got grass hanging out in my helmet. I can't see out of one eye. And I got to get up and get the play, get the team in the huddle, get the play set, go to the line of scrimmage, make sure I ID the Mike linebacker. I got to check my 25-second clock. All of a sudden, they're going to make me do something here. I've got to re-ID the Mike to pick up a protection, a will free safety blitz. And my clock says seven seconds, six Five and it's got to happen, or they say delay a game penalty on number 12, the quarterback. It's hard to do, but if you can't hit what you're aiming at and be accurate, 
The rest of this stuff doesn't matter. And, and I'm getting into does he have it when I talk about a guy that can do all these things. But the second one is decision-making. He's making poor decisions and forcing the ball. He's going to throw interceptions. The game is about field position. I mean, the closer you are and you get the football to the goal line, the higher your chances are to score touchdowns. The further away, the less percentage. So decision-making and taking care of that football is second. The third thing is can he play under pressure? This National Football League is all about pressure. I mean, from third down to red zone to fourth quarter to overtimes, it's about performing under pressure. I've had guys, and I'm certainly not going to name any of them, but they're not in the league now because they couldn't play under pressure. Had guys that couldn't hit what they were aiming at. They're not in the league. Had guys make poor decisions. You know, some guys, they look up, it's cover two, and, and the ball gets snapped and it changes completely, and it's a single high safety. There's not two safeties. And my thought process has got to change. Can I now make good decisions and clean decisions? I have guys that couldn't do that. It's so hard to play this position. The fourth thing would be toughness. If he isn't tough, Stephen, he can't play quarterback. He needs to be the toughest sucker on that offensive football team. The next one would be leadership. Okay. And boy, that's just something that it's so hard to coach. And you just hope that kid's got it, man. You just hope he can lead. He's the one that's, you know, on Friday night and the game's over and the guys want to go have a bunch of beers at a place and things are getting rowdy. He gets them all home, you know, and he's has troubles coming up. Let's go fellas. We're out of here. That guy, that's your quarterback. And, uh, the last one's escapability this day and time right now, Steven, they have got to be able to extend the play. There's the defensive ends over there. Those suckers are in the NFL. We're talking, they're 280, they're 285, but they run four, six. They can run. And those tackles are the best. Boy, he's a first round draft, but he runs five, one. And the other one, he's the best ever played. And he runs five flat, but those ends are so much faster these quarterbacks have got to have the ability to escape and extend the play and throw on the run or make a decision to take off and run, get all they can, get down. Unless it's a third down situation, then you got to sometimes drop your shoulder and you got to try to run over a linebacker and go get the first down. So those would be the six, Stephen. But the number one to me thing is, is hey, can he hit what he's aiming at? And then the whole thing with these interviews and the combine process, that's all about trying to find out, has he got it? Has he got that it factor? That's the hardest thing in the world to find when you're drafting because you don't really know until you got them on your campus. Well, I tell you, I love that. I love that. It inspires me. I think, uh, David, the only thing I would not have checked the box of that one thing you said about getting everybody home from the bar. I don't know if I checked that <laughs> box. Um, but uh, we love talking to you. We need to do this more often. It's really fun. You know, when you were – coaching i could never have you on because you weren't allowed to do things like that so it's really neat to get to visit with you in this kind of format and for people that don't know david also uh he would not brag on this so i'll do it for him was hugely responsible for the success of tony romo and uh and i think tony would be the first to uh, tell everybody that had a huge role in tony becoming tony and of course everybody's taking credit for that now but it was david lee who was there when nobody had any clue who tony was david i appreciate you buddy matt thank you and and, and uh, tell everybody there in texas again i got a son-in-law and a son that both are aggies and they are so proud of texas a&m right now they just they just can't hardly stand it but boy congratulations to jimbo fisher they're doing a great job turning that thing right toward the sky i know you're a baylor bear you didn't want to hear that matt and i'm not a texas aggie i went to vanderbilt but boy just look at the state of texas right now they're sure doing a great job yeah 